And hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome to the Legacy Leadership Show with Adrian Chenault, Tom Chenault, and the great Joe Soto. What a show it's going to be today. I am very, very excited about this. I probably won't be talking much. And the reason is these guys are way too smart. They're so much more intellectual than me. So we shall see, but we, I, will, I, I will promise you I will not, like, not be here. I'll just not be talking too much because they've got a lot of important stuff to talk to you about. Adrian, what do you think about this guy, Joe Soto? So I, it's so funny. I love the way that things often work out when it comes to meeting somebody that you were destined to meet. But I heard about Joe about 15 minutes before we were supposed to go and interview Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Dwyer Hansen a couple of weeks ago here on this show from our amazing mutual friend, Richard Blissbrook. And Richard said, Joe, you've got to interview this guy, Joe, he's incredible. And not only is he incredible, but make sure you ask Mark and Crystal about this guy because he's done some work with them. So we go on, we did this in really fun conversation with Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal. They're just the most amazing, awesome. easiest to interview, incredible people in the world. And at the end of the conversation, I had actually forgotten about it. We get to the end of the conversation, we're off the air and I go, oh, wait, hold on one more thing, Mark, before you go, uh, somebody told me I need to ask you about Joe Soto. What, who's this guy, Joe Soto? And he goes, oh my God. Joe is incredible. He has done all this stuff for us. He is so great. And he just, it was like, I, I, it was like Christmas morning. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen. I went, all right, well, that was a pretty heady endorsement with no, you know, it could have been that I thought that I hated the guy and he was just like on fire about Joe. And so I knew we had to meet him. We got on a call a couple of weeks ago and it has just been fantastic getting to know him. So Exactly. Richard just said, Richard is here on the show. And this is, uh, this is basically how he was teed up to us. And that's about right. He's the man behind the millions. And so welcome to the show, Joe. We're so happy Here's to have you here. And I got to tell you what happened to me though. Because uh, all these people were talking about how great a guy he was. So I called a few of my friends. First guy goes, he's a jerk. Second guy goes, he doesn't know anything. Third guy goes, man alive. I wouldn't hire him. Fourth guy, I wouldn't do business with him. And the reason was they've never done business with you. But the absolute nature of the piece is if you don't know somebody in this day and age, you just throw shade at them. And it was so cute watching. I finally asked, and that didn't happen four times, it happened once. But I finally asked this guy, I go, how much business have you ever done with him? None. I go, how do you even know him? Have you ever even looked at anything he's done? No. I go, how do you know? He goes, I just have a feeling. I, go, I have a feeling that you're a turd. So I told him. So I'm not going to tell you who it was, but. Oh, it rhymed with. No, I won't tell you that either. Go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. I haven't worked with everyone. Oh, it's so funny. No, you never worked with this guy. He's just jealous of you because he wanted to do business with Brooke. He wanted to do business with Mark Victor Hansen. And mm. he, was, he had to throw well, shade to try to make himself look better. The good news is, and what he may not realize is there's plenty of room for everyone to do business with, of course with all these amazing is. people. There's so many things that uh, people can help each other with that there's plenty of opportunity out there to work with all these great people. No doubt about it. That's exactly right. Well, Thanks so Joe, here, I, I want to have you just share a little bit of your story to, to start us off, because I think one of the things I, I sent out a text to our contact mapping list just before this. And I said, you know, there, there's a high likelihood you haven't ever heard of our guest today. But I yeah. promise you have heard of a lot of people who he has worked with. And I think that's an interesting thing because you are, you are somebody who has 
created a huge amount of influence and impact largely from behind the scenes. And so I'd love to start there, like just to talk a little bit about your journey of encountering and then clearly being able to make an impression on some people who could really work with just about anybody out there and have chosen and sought out to work with you. How did that journey start of, of really building this, this top tier list of clientele? Well, it, that's actually an interesting backstory. So I, you know, kind of reinvented myself back in 2010. I shifted from having a sales training company to starting up a social media marketing agency, which is a complete different type of business. Um, however, when the sales training business in 2008 was taking a hit, people weren't bringing in outside corporate sales trainers anymore, um, nearly as much. I started getting projects uh, and clients centered around uh internet marketing work, like copywriting for sales pages and things like that, sales languaging used online. And one day I just kind of reinvented myself and said, I'm going to start up a social media agency after one of those clients said, can you help me with my social media management and social media marketing? Well, I jumped in with two feet, kind of immersed myself in learning that business. And in pursuit of growing that business to seven figures in my first year, I found someone uh, that I had followed, which was Jeffrey Gittimer. And he had an event coming up in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, where he would allow us to sponsor the event. And uh, of course, it's like $15,000 to sponsor a four-hour seminar or something ridiculous that he was charging. <laughs> and I, I call him up and uh, he spends a great deal of time getting me to convince him why I should give him $15,000, which I knew that made him an amazing salesperson. And we did it. We So we actually spent money to sponsor an event of a major influencer at the time. And uh, my goal was to get clients of small business clients that were going to be there. And all the presenters there were people like Lewis House, Sally Hogshead, wow. uh, and several other people. Some you would maybe know and some maybe not. And at the end of it, I had done kind of an, an audit of Jeffrey Gittimer's at the time social media marketing and he didn't have a youtube channel he wasn't really on linkedin didn't really do a whole lot on facebook and i said and his seminar was on social media for sales pros and lewis Howes at the time was only teaching people on linkedin at the time most people don't realize he started off as a linkedin trainer and his first book was on linkedin and that's how he got his start speaking he was getting speaking engagements as a linkedin speaker so people to this day you even looked a little shocked by that you probably had no idea. Yeah, no, I had, I had no clue. Yeah, yeah. He, he's so ubiquitous now. You would not have known that. That's right. But he started in a niche. And I approached Jeffrey at the end of that. And I said, listen, I see some gaps and some holes. And if you're going to be doing social media for sales pros, seminars like this, there's a way to help you be a little more congruent. And maybe we can help. And he said, I want you to come in and meet with my team. And if we feel like you know, you're worth your salt, we'll, we'll go from there. And we had already had about 75 monthly paying clients at this time. And this was 2010. So that ended up working out really well. And we ended up getting him as a client and kind of taking his business online and, and getting him sales through, you know, marketing on social media, including things like YouTube and Facebook and so on. So then one day, this is how it snowballed, is he called me up. He says, hey, Joe, do you know Tom and I's uh, mutual friend, Harvey McKay? And I said, do I know Ooh. Harvey McKay? I've got several of Harvey McKay's books on my shelf. I love Harvey McKay. I've got Pushing the Envelope and Swim with the Sharks before eating, uh, before you're eating alive and Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. I love these are classic books in business mentorship. And he said, 
I'm sitting in his office and he's coming to Des Moines tomorrow on his private jet. And he's going to be speaking to the Des Moines Register and he wants you there. And he has a very short amount of time afterwards before he has to catch his plane and go back home. And that's how it kind of snowballed. So I went and met with Harvey. That turned into uh, helping him. And then, you know, obviously learning from the master of networking and you guys with your business are masters of networking. That was my real induction into how important networking was as Harvey then became a mentor of mine and let, led to a lot of other relationships. So uh, two things to really shorten the answer. One is quality of work. You do quality of work, people will refer you or say good things behind your back. Uh, as long as you've helped them, right, Tom? I mean, you're asking <laughs> yeah. your drunk friends, as uh, Richard says, you're not going to get good feedback. But if you're talking to people who actually have, have done, have you done work for, uh, they'll typically say really nice things uh, about you. So Harvey was uh, uh, an amazing mentor. I learned so much from him. And that snowballed into me building relationships with other influencers that I came into contact with. And here's what I found out. You know, they're just like you and I. It's just a matter of reaching out and uh, seeing if you, they can help, if, if you can help them. And there's, you know, plenty of those people out there. That's that's so well said, and that that is one of the secrets I think that the people who you look up to the most, realizing and remembering that they are just human beings that have the same kinds of needs and. Yeah. insecurities and loneliness and all, all the things that we all experience, you know, the people you admire are not exempt from any of them. And sometimes the most refreshing thing is just to see them and, and treat them like a real human being. Right. Yes. And, you know, I, one of my favorite quotes from Harvey McKay is that the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I just use that quote right back with them. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you've got room to improve in this particular area and I can help. And um, I think we helped with a couple of his book launches and, and uh, that was really a special time for us. And he's continued to be an amazing influence on, on my life. But yeah, I think if your quality of work's there and you're willing to reach out and connect with these people or work through people who are connected to the people that you think you can help, you know, you'll earn those introductions. I always, people always say, how do you get an introduction? I say, well, you don't get an introduction, you earn the introductions. So does your base of work and the quality of what you've done to serve and help established itself in a way that it, you've earned the right to be introduced or be referred to other people? Yes. Yes. That's, that is huge. That becoming and, and living into this idea of being referable yeah. is so essential. And I think that's easier, you know, that, that, that's somewhat obvious on the face of it, but living into it and embodying it is a much different thing. But I, I really liked what you said about like you sort of turned turned Harvey's line back on him, right? Like <laughs> if you if you say the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement and I genuinely think you have a way to improve in this area or if some other person you admire said, you know, like whatever it is, right? That it's like, I demonstrated that I was paying attention to what you are saying and teaching and I'm reflecting it back to you in some way. Like they don't really have a choice, but to receive it in, in that scenario, right? If they, if you have any credibility at all in the work that you offer, they're, they're going to be paying attention. And you, dad, I know you've done that a lot of times as well of, you know, really speaking into the listening of whoever it is that you're trying to build influence or build connection with that. If you, if you do it through their voice, then they're going to receive it so much better. Right. 
Absolutely. And the name of the game, it isn't what you say. Ever, ever, ever. It's how they hear it. And, you know, you just used a 40-mile-long word here a few seconds ago, Adrian, that none of us in the audience except supposedly Richard Brooke understood. So I don't. I'm like three. I'm not like a three-syllable guy. I like spit on the sidewalk, and it's one syllable, and you have to deal with it. But at the end of the day, people know that when they talk to me, they can't use those big words because I don't understand. And I love that. And what's so beautiful about communication, it isn't the size of the word, it's the size of the heart. And you, young man, are going to learn that one of these days. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you are just charming. All right, we're going to go to our first break. You're watching the Legacy Leadership Show, sponsored by Contact Mapping. Go check out contactmapping.com slash app. We're here with Joe Soto on the Genesis Communication Network, and we will be back right after this. Watch this, Richard Brooke. You are not going to get a survivalist commercial out of here. So something's going to happen today just for you that you're going to be so happy about. It's going to blow your mind. This is pretty cool. So we decided we have always held to doing commercials during the commercials but we pre-record this. And so we don't need to do that anymore. And so rather than have that interrupt the flow of the conversation, we're taking little 30 second breathers and we are coming back to the main show in three, two, one. (laughs) Welcome back. It is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian and Tom Chenault. And we got Joe Soto here and a lot of really, really great people. Happy to be on the Genesis Communication Network. 550 stations worldwide, AM radio, which everybody thinks is a lost art, but thank Mm. you to Ted Anderson. It's not. And everybody thinks that remembering people is a lost art. And it's Mm. the most important thing. So at the beginning, he mentioned contactmapping.com forward slash app. I hope you took that to heart because I'm telling you that app will change your life. Back to you, Adrian Chenault. So I actually want to, since we're not doing contact mapping commercials during the non-radio breaks anymore, I want to use this segment. We're going to take a little bit of a, a, a hard left here because I, I actually want to ask Tom to share a story of something that happened in the last couple of days that, Joe, I think you'll relate to that is just unbelievable. And it, it happened really night, so either last end of the night before last. Yeah. So I'm in the bathtub as usual. Uh, when you're over 70, you're always cold. So I'm in the bathtub, freezing my ass off. And the next thing you know, the phone rings and it's Eric Warrick. So I ignore it. So then it rings again. It's Eric Warrick. I ignore it. And I send him a text. I go, everything okay? And uh, I thought he was trying to borrow money or something. No, that's a joke. He, uh, he, and he goes, everything's great. I just need the world's greatest connector or something like that. And I thought that was odd. And I said, I'll call you in a few minutes. So I get out of the tub. It's about 10 minutes later. And I call Eric and he goes, man, I am in a jam. I go, why is that? And he goes, there is a huge uh, snowstorm in Vail. My kids are stuck at DIA and we cannot for anything get to Vail. There's no, you, there's no ride shares. There's no limos. There's no nothing. I go, well, let me make a call. So I made a call. I call a guy named Robert Estes and Robert Estes is my friend. And he and I go way, way back. And I said, Estes, you still have that Denali? He goes, yeah. I said, I need you to run Eric Warren's daughter to Vail. He said, I'm at my uh, son's house having dinner. Let me think about it. He said, no, I'm doing it. When do I need to go? So he says, yes, right? So I call Eric. 
Eric, in the meantime, thinks I'm a, I've got no influence whatsoever. So he's on a Facebook Live. And the Facebook Live is blowing out. And now my phone's ringing like crazy with all these people going, well, yeah, Eric Warren's in trouble. I go, I've already solved it. So Eric actually pulled it down. So I, uh, so the Facebook Live's going crazy. So then I'm standing there going, God, my needy friends. And my phone rings. And there's Will Vought. And, Vought, and he is the guy from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And he's one of the primary actors there. He was on Conan. He was an intern at the White House. Just an unbelievably accomplished comedian and actor that, by the way, I tried to get to have dinner at the Ritz-Carlton over there in Hawaii or the Four Seasons with Richard Brooke one night. But long story short, he goes, Tom, I got a problem. I go, what's the problem? He goes, my son is stranded in Vail. I mean, stranded at the airport and can't get to Vail with his five friends. I go, well, what do you want me to do about it? He goes, help. I go, right then I look at my phone and it's ringing and it's Robert Estes to set up the ride for, for Warren. I go, Estes, can you do me one more favor? He goes, what? I go, I need you to run Will Vaught's kids to Vail right now. Wow. He goes, Tom, it's a six hour, yes. So he said, yes, even though it's a six hour round trip and all of that because of the BLTs. Robert Estes knows he's in my tribe. He belongs. Robert Estes knows I love him. I love Elf. He knows he can trust me. And he knows he's safe with me. The BLTSs, you have to have those. If you got those with people, they will do something as in he drove for 12 hours. He dropped off Eric's daughter. He dropped off Will Vop. It's incredible. And all you need to do is have the the Rolodex of the ages. And I am the great rememberer, but nothing happens without the contact mapping app, which is an app for your phone, which is free, and the application, which is what I do really, really well. And I remember everybody like crazy. Let them know I remember. And then they're obligated to me and they'll do anything. So that's the whole story, Adrian. Was that good enough? It was It was perfect. Amazing. And you, Joe, I, I mean, it, this is this is something that I could see in your world, the same thing happening that you, you have cultivated this list of people that say amazing things about you behind your back. And that I guarantee you would take the call. And that's what it's all about, right? Is be becoming that kind of person and that kind of friend that it then is able to make a phone call like that. No problem. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I think there's another piece to that, which is this, the value of the network. Uh, yes. Is that you're, you're there with a large network of people that may do something for you or and vice versa, but also you have an opportunity when you have this network to help other people do, do things that help them with the other people you're connected to. So for instance, when I reach out on LinkedIn and I don't know very many people would do this, but this is how I suggest people reach out to people on LinkedIn, and particularly if they're people you don't know. And that is by doing something that can serve them first, right? This is one of the principles that kind of guides me in my networking, which is, and, and even when um, I'm prospecting or, or I, I, even the word prospecting isn't something I ne necessarily do Joe, anymore. Joe, yeah. I, did, I did you a disservice, which is that I asked you too big of a question coming into a break. So we got, this is the short okay. segment. We're going to take a quick break yes. and we're going to come back to this. Okay, please. All right, we're coming right back after this. Sorry, this dang segment is so, it's just so hard to not get it up against it. So we're going to come back to that because I want to go deeper there. So Joe, really quick, I'm, we're going to make a little banner for you. Do you want us to send people to joesoto.net or where can people find you, find the podcast, 
where's the best place? Um, they can go to either that or josototraining.com. Okay, either perfect. Jason, if you, can, if you could set that up, that would be perfect. And we're going to come back right now. And we're back. It's the leader. <laughs> we are back. It's the Legacy Leadership Radio Show with Adrian and Tom Chenault. And we are having a blast with Joe Soto. This show is moving like the wind. And you want to pay attention because this segment's a long segment. And there is going to be a, long, a lot of content here. And I suck at LinkedIn. And Joe was just telling us a story about he, how he gets engagement on there or referrals. So that's what we were talking about before we went to the break. Joe, pick it up from there and tell us what that's all about. Yeah. And so it's not just referrals, but it's also how you could potentially get clients. I mean, everybody could be using LinkedIn this way, but it's really the philosophy that guides the strategy, whether it's LinkedIn or meeting somebody in person or through a referral. LinkedIn and these tools, these social media are just, they're just conduits to be able to connect with other people, right? So with LinkedIn, my outgoing message, if I'm trying to reach out to somebody and connect with them is to make it about them and how I might be able to serve them by being connected with them. So without selling my services. So for instance, almost every one of my newer connections, I'll say something like, if there's somebody in my network that you would like to have an introduction to, then please let me know, right? Or if you help me understand better who your ideal client is, and if there's somebody who is aligned with that, that's in my network, I'm happy to make an introduction. And that's making it all about them first. And an introduction has nothing to do with you making you know, a commission or you getting any type, anything from that. So how do you make it about the other person first? And that's how I approach when I meet new people on online, which now Zoom and things like this is I've, my, my first uh, priority is how can I add a ton of value to them, whether or not I ever talk to them again after this call? So or what can I do that I'll leave them better in their marketing, better in their online sales or digital marketing efforts as a result of having met me a couple of times? If that ever turns into that might make sense for them to make be a client of mine, then that will just come out of itself organically. Mm-hmm. And I find that that kind of manifests itself organically more times than not when the intention is pure to just serve and help. And I've had people go, you know what? My team can take this information and run with this. And, and uh, you know, and I'll give them links. I'll give them guidance. I'll give them all the different direction. And I just know they're better off now. Like they're going to stop making a couple of mistakes I might've pointed out. They're going to make, you know, choose the right direction and path. Uh, they didn't see something, you know, I'm helping them see, you know, a different forest through the trees. And um, that just makes me feel good. And they'll either, you know, I always say that it's not necessarily about, who you know, it's who the people you know, know, right? And and uh, your referral audience, who's going to refer you to other people can come out of just how well did you serve that person so that way you earn the right to be referred, right? Going back to that original principle. So even when I approach people on LinkedIn, it's never about, hey, this is who I am. Here's my bio and here's how I can help you. Let me know if I can help you. It's let me know if there's somebody in my network I can connect you to because I happen to be really well connected. And there might be somebody you've been trying to get a hold of and you can't, and I can help you with that introduction. Yeah, that that's huge. And, you know, as you, as the two of us have talked, even just in a couple of conversations, you know, there's a guy, Andrew Warner, whose book I recently bought and you're like, oh, I know Andrew. Like, I'd be happy to introduce you, you know? And so it's like that, like, I see that play out in the way you show up and, and we all, I, I think one of the things we so often don't give ourselves credit for is that we have way more 
connections than we realize, even when we feel like we're low on that sort of totem pole. And that is a, a resource that can be levered up in a way that serves everybody, right? That, that increases your sort of your level of influence and your level of contribution in the world. And it's creating, you know, if you're, if you're smart about it, you're actually adding value to everybody involved in a way that doesn't cost anybody any money. And so like, that's one of the most resourceful things you can do, I think. That's right. Agreed. So, so Joe, you, you talked about some of this kind of like, whether it's LinkedIn or, or anywhere else, some of these sort of one-to-one kind of principles for building connection. Richard put a, a question in the, in the comments about, you know, what, what about maybe more in this world of, of one-to-many, whether that's online marketing, social marketing, you know, there's so many of these ads, there's so much stuff out there that just feels noisy, clickbaity headline, you know, big, crazy offers, all this sort of stuff. How do you cut through that noise and show up more authentically as you're trying to build a business? I think there's a, it's a challenge because everyone's trying to be something they're often not. Um, I think we suffer by comparison. We look at what other people are doing. We think we have to play that way and that, that kind of that game that they're playing that's working for them. Um, I, in my case, I love this because it came from Richard and he runs the authentic networker podcast, but the word authentic uh, is not to be taken lightly here. I think the more, the more you're just you and you're authentic uh, and you're, you're coming from a place of experience and just true to who you are, that stuff shines through the most in uh, social media. And there's a lot of people who, who, who put on a different face. They put on a different uh, personality almost, you know, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or all these different things. And it becomes, it becomes cluttered with everyone kind of looking the same because we're all, everyone's trying to model each other or what they think is success. And, uh, you know, I had a gentleman in my mastermind once. He said to me, I just, I see all these, and he's young. He was really young in his twenties and young twenties. And he said, I see these other 20 somethings on Instagram. And I just, I look at how, what they've, what they're achieving. And I said, you know, how, how do you know what they're portraying and showing is real? And he does, he doesn't, you know, he said, well, he started naming some different profiles. I said, all you're seeing is what people are putting out there on their profiles instead of let's just think about what what value can you add and how can you show up authentically in your social media in a way that resonates with your audience. In my case, I'm not willing to sacrifice certain values. So the first thing you do is you get aligned with your values and you can stand out from from the clutter because that will help you be authentic. So for me, and for example, this it's very rare. Even right now, it's 530 on the East Coast. Uh, I can count on one hand how often I've literally worked probably past five o'clock in the last six months uh, because I have so many family activities, sports. uh, I have, you know, nine children, seven at home under the age of 17 and they're involved in a lot of different activities. And I spend a great deal of time making that a priority. And so I set my workday to be done usually by four o'clock Eastern time. Now, this is the week after Christmas and all the kids are home and there's no activities and schools are shut down. So there's no basketball. So this was perfect timing for me to say, you know, I'm going to divvy and go outside of my typical schedule. And I have an opportunity to show up with you guys and still be able to uh, contribute. And that was, that's important to me. So I think that you just have to be yourself. And I, I tell people the secret of success, the secret of networking, the secret of, of, uh, uh, I think success is figuring out how to be just you all the time. And you don't have to then stress 
at, at uh, what you're comparing yourself to, what other people are doing out there in the market. Right now, it's overloaded with with people that are portraying things that are false. And so you have to be really careful about what you're believing that you see online. And I think that's that's the biggest problem with the clickbaiting stuff and all the marketing stuff is that people are learning from marketers that have had sometimes only some success with a certain marketing method that works. And then people try to fit into those those holes, right? They go, I, I want, I have seen this work for click people with click funnels. And so and I've seen all these, you know, two comic club award winners, which, you know, all that stuff, you know, there's, it, it, you can question how all that stuff comes to be. And I'm not here to do that. I am here to challenge people to not buy into everything that they see online. Um, everything takes a lot of hard work. Nothing's going to be easy. And when you see people making it look easy, run. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. that's very true. So, can you think of a time, like may, maybe specifically with a client that was maybe pursuing more of that traditional, you know, very shiny, very polished, very kind of look good sort of marketing strategy, and you encourage them, you help them to try something that was truer to their values, maybe a little bit less of that sort of shine and, and it shifted for them. Is there is like that that's kind of niche. So it's okay if not, but is like, does anything come to mind of where you have really seen that shift occur for, for a client you've worked with? I, I, you know, most of the clients I attract, I attract because they share these same values. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're trying to run from looking like everybody else and they want to figure out how do I, you know, generate, you know, revenue online or with digital marketing and how do I create systems to do that and not and be true to myself, right? So there, yeah. I, we bring clients to us that are like that. Otherwise, we don't really want to do business with them. Yeah. However, every every once in a while, and Richard can attest to this, people come sometimes and they, you know, they they um they see if they see the they see how fast certain people seem to rise in their marketing, and they and, and it seems like happened overnight. You know, an, an example of, of what, what, what that can do. So back in 2016, Ty Lopez invites me in to come in and be the lead trainer for his SMMA program, Social Media Marketing Agency. Wow. And he had launched several online courses prior to that. And this was just another one, another idea that he had. Let's teach people how to have a social media marketing agency. Joe's done it. There's verifiable uh, evidence all over the internet of me doing this online. Well, my clients at one time were all listed. And I flew out there and, and recorded these lessons for his online course. And I watched them launch that. And it did 40 million. It's done $40 million in sales since 2016. It did over 20 million in its first like nine months. It was insane. Um, I remember when it was like, we were like three or four months in, we, they had hit like 14 million. That's like 14,000 people who had paid a thousand dollars for this program. And they're like, Joe, can you come back and do more lessons? I'm like, oh, I will. And I did, I flew back in. I'm like, you know, and I hadn't, I didn't have a concept really of what was going on about, you know, how, how, uh, how this had compared. And I remember asking, I said to the guy, you know, he's done a lot of courses. Why this one? Is he putting so much effort? And he said, oh no, no course has done what this course has done. Everyone looks at it and thinks that all these courses have been as successful, but this course has more than tripled our best-selling course prior, Joe, to you doing this course with Ty. Wow. And that was a wake-up call for me because I'm like, wow, my perception was all these courses were home run hits. 
that he had created. Well, that course became really that, you know, think about the profitability in an online course that you create once that generates 40 million. It's like $39 million and more, 39.5 you know, million in profit. And that became a lot of, you know, where, you know, Ty parlayed that into now he's buying up distressed brands like Radio Shack and he bought, you know, linen and things and Pier One Imports. And you've heard of some of these brands. He's bought them up and Modell Sporting Goods and he's turned them into online e-commerce only brands. But, you know, some of that, that freedom of time for him to go and look into investing and doing that and doing those things came from that success. But the perception from everybody was, wow, he must have been doing that type of revenue every from every course. And it wasn't the case. So I learned a while that we, we see these um, people winning these awards for programs, this digital, the digital space creates this, yeah. but it isn't, it isn't what it seems. And it takes hard work and it takes, you know, a real plan and a real plan of action that you're willing to act on. And our goal is to help, you know, our clients navigate those waters in the most methodical way possible. That is so awesome. So and I ended up creating my own courses, by the way, from, from ties and it's on that site. But when I, and I did that, you know, I, yeah. I didn't do 40, I did, I did over seven figures in, in sales with my first course. Um, and my second course did a little, did, a little, did less than that, but I never hit 40 million in sales. It just, it wasn't going to, it just doesn't happen. That's awesome. All right. We're going to take one more break. We'll be back right after this on legacy leadership on the break. Go check out joesototraining.com. We'll be right back. All right. We are out. We're going to do a little 30 second reset. Let's add 30 seconds, Jason, to this clock. So we're going to come back at the top of this minute and then we'll be out at 46, 49 instead. Awesome, Joe. That was really, really good. So we're going to come back here in just a second. And dad, why don't you lead questions on this last time? I feel like I really haven't let you talk this time when we're not sitting next to each other. It's harder to nudge you in. So sorry. No, no, no this is great. Are we, in, are, are we back yet? We're coming back in three seconds. And welcome back. It's the Legacy Leadership Radio Show, a show with uh, Adrian Chenault and Tom Chenault. And we've had Joe Soto. And this guy is such a rock star. And his credentials are so gigantic. And I don't know what you want out of your life or your business, but you ought to take a look at what he does because he can probably fit in to what you're doing and make it a hundred times better. And that's just what I believe. And Adrian and I are trying to figure out a way to, to get in the foxhole with him. But of course, Richard Brooke already told us that he has to have a finder's fee. <laughs> so that would be awesome. Pretty steep. Yeah, that's pretty steep. So the name of the game, everybody, is, is plug into him. And Joe, what can you do for the average Joe? I mean, obviously, you got guys with great wealth like Richard and Ty Lopez. But what about guys like me? I mean, how do you help somebody that is out there in the network marketing space? Is there a way to participate in what you're doing? You know, they're, they're, uh, you know right now, my primary audience um, has been author speakers and helping them with their business. And also on the other side of the fence, when I started to realize that other digital marketing consultants were struggling or they had yet to grow their business to a seven figure level, I created my own marketing agency academy, my own marketing agency membership portal. And I now am able to serve people through that. But, you know, people can go to, um, I created a training that I did for in, uh, an insiders group with Jeffrey Gittimer called the uh, client attraction hacks. And that's another one of the links I gave you guys. And it's a free training. 
uh, I don't sell anything on that training. So it's a hundred percent. You get like an hour training on different digital marketing hacks that you can apply to your own business. It applies to everybody. And uh, there's also a workbook that takes you through all the uh, resources. There's like over 30 resources, I think, in that training, different things. And all I've had a lot of people come to me and say that that training, they found something in that training that helps them in their business greatly. So that's one thing that they can do. They can go on YouTube and catch my podcast show and my web and my, uh, my trainings on there. But at the end of the day, you know, I, uh, I would encourage people to think about, you know, the niches of, that they serve. In, in my case, it's two. Uh, it's, it's in my agency life, it's speakers and authors. And then in my uh, personal influencer and, and personal side, it's agency owners, consultants, coaches, and people who want to grow that part of the business. One of my, my area of specialty in that world is how to get clients. And so teaching people how to get clients with digital marketing without being salesy or manipulative or cheesy is uh, what I pride myself on. Wow. All right, Adrian, back to you, buddy. I'm, I'm worn out. <laughs> all good. All good. So Joe, you know, through everything that you have done, you you have maintained, and and we talked about this. Chad Williams was commenting how he goes, "Geez, he's got a ton of books behind him," and you, you know, you really are. You are a student of the game, and we talked at the top of the show about Harvey McKay being such an important influence for you, and what you have learned from him and through being part of a mastermind that he led. What what can you share in terms of the? the power of networking in your own career in life to, to snowball these relationships through all of the different people that you've gotten to work with over your career. You know, what are a couple of final thoughts that you'd share on, on how to build a great network? Okay. So the, here, this, that's a great question. And one of them is probably going to, the first one's going to probably shock people. Uh, and that is to invest in your opportunities that could lead to networking. And the contact mapping app, and you guys didn't ask me to talk about this app on the show. I was actually look when you had mapped me and contacted me with that link, Tom. I had no idea you guys had, uh, you know, the were behind that product. And I remember looking into that, going, you know, this this is the type of thing that people should be investing in time and money um, in order to become better at what they want to do, which is network and connect with other people. For me, it started with that, with, with a couple of things. You, I mentioned how I invested in a sponsorship of an event that would put me in an environment that would allow me to network with people who would be potentially my clients. I didn't know that the people I'd be sponsoring it for were also going to be my client, but I was really doing that with the intention of, hey, if we want to, we got to kind of pay to play here and figure out if we can get ourselves in those situations. Now, that also, also came in, the, in, in terms of the masterminds. I've been in several masterminds that have been as low as 8,000, some are 20,000. I've been in one at 75,000. These masterminds, um, all I can contribute, I can tell you Harvey McKay's mastermind turned into uh, multiple seven figures worth of revenue for our agency. Um, from people that we met through the people that were in that mastermind that led to re the other relationships, that for sure snowballed into uh, opportunities that more than paid for itself. But I wouldn't, I would trade all that money for the relationships that I got and the growth that I got to earn the right to get to that point. In the 
um, uh, the smaller ways you can do it, right? The smaller ways you can do it. What events are going on in locally in your community? Now that the world's opening up a little bit more, what could you get out there and get involved in, participate in? What volunteer opportunities are out there that could lead to the right networking, that could lead to the right contacts? And, you know, I had somebody even the other day said, well, I, I even tried like, you know, BNI and I just, I didn't like it. I got out. And it's because they thought that BNI was just about the people that are in that group are going to be your potential, maybe your potential clients versus who they might lead you to and everything else. And they were just looking at the relationships the wrong way. And you have to look at it as not what am I going to get out of these relationships, networking opportunities. It's, it's how am I going to be able to serve in such a way that people are going to want to talk about me later. And, and um, because I, able, I was able to help them first. You know, I, I learned from Frank Kern. He said, you know, if you want to help people, help them first, <laughs> and then they might hire you to help them, <laughs> but help them first, make That's that it. your, make that your priority. And I know it's simple, but that would be the other thing. So number one, invest in opportunities that are going to lead you to opportunities to network with people that you want to be around that are like-minded that could lead you to other people that might, uh, you be able to, you might be able to serve in your world. And then the other one is help first. There you go. All right, Joe Soto, thanks so much for being here on the Legacy Leadership Show. We're going to get you out of here. Go check out joesototraining.com. We'll see you next week on Legacy Leadership. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, hang out for one more second. We're off the air. I don't know what happened to Tom. He must have lost his connection. But Joe, uh, we're still live on Facebook. And I just I want to say thank you so much. I am so excited by what we're learning from you and, and what I think others can learn from you as well. I'm going to throw up the uh, client attraction hacks one more time. That's go, go plug into what this guy's doing. You're going to learn a lot and I think it's going to really help you. And so Joe, thanks for, for being here, especially during a holiday break. And, yeah, awesome. Uh, thanks for having me. We love you, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate you. Take care. Bye-bye.